WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. And we will close the show with a call in about something that might be going on in your life, as we often do in our last 15 or 20 minutes. Today, it'll be calls from young adults or parents of young adults. And the question is, parents, do you have a child in their 20s or 30s right now? And if so, are you helping them out financially in any sort of way? 212-433-WNYC. Maybe you still pay their phone bill or you help them with a portion of their rent. Do they still text you asking for bank transfers when they've run through their paycheck at the end of the week? Perhaps you even take them to the grocery store a few times a month. Parents of young adults, does this sound like you? 212-433-WNYC. Why do I ask? Because if so, you're not alone. Yesterday, Pew Research released a study reporting that only 45% of young adults ages 18 to 34 are completely financially independent from their parents in this country, only 45% independent uh, in that 18 to 34 age group, less than half. Of course, the level of support greatly varies among those age ranges. Uh, Among 18 to 24-year-olds, only 16% are financially independent, while 67%, up about two-thirds, of people in their early 30s say they're completely financially independent from uh, their parents. So while this variation is expected, it's noteworthy that even at age 30 to 34, a third still require cash from moms and dads to survive in the United States of 2024. So listeners, are you a young adult to... uh, invite, of course, the young adults, not just the parents of young adults, into the conversation who needs financial help from your parents to make ends meet. How often do your parents help you out and how much are they providing you and in what ways? Um, and, and I'm curious about the generational change here, too. I mean, I think the, the overarching bottom line here is this generation is not doing as well as their parents' generation. Right, that's an American reality. Wages compared to the cost of living, um, so it's not surprising. So let's make a generational comparison here too, uh, for those of you who are parents in this position calling in. And I realize too, you know, not everybody has enough money to have the privilege of helping to support their young adults. But you know, maybe your parents did or didn't, and it's different in that respect. But make a generational comparison. How different is your, for the parents out there, how different is your support for your young adult kids financially from what your parents gave you? And you think it's personal? 
only personal or family differences, or do you think it has to do with how the country and economics has changed? 212-433-WNYC. Yes, our lines are already full. We'll take your calls right after this. Brian Lehrer on WNYC. All right, this is for parents who are helping to support your young adult children or the young adult children who are being supported by your parents. But you know what? I invited the parents first, and the line blew up with all parents. (laughs) Uh, The lines blew up. So if you're the young adult in this equation, text us at... 212-433-WNYC. Do your parents know how to text? You can text us with your quick take on this. We're watching our text messages incoming as well. 212-433-WNYC-433-9692. And we'll start with Emily in the Bronx. Hi, Emily. You're on WNYC. Uh, Hi, Brian. Good morning. Yeah, so um, I was telling your screener, my daughter is 28. She actually has two part-time jobs. She had been covered under her father's health insurance until she was 26. And so we decided um, at that time that she should continue on his plan, which she w- we would then have to start paying, paying for instead mm-hmm. of like going to the you know, state exchange for Obamacare. Mm-hmm. So it's actually um, $950 a month. Ooh. So that's a huge amount of money. Um, but we had decided we wanted her to ha- continue with the same coverage. Uh, but I think it ends It ends within the coming year. It ends within, you mean you've made that decision to end the subsidy in the coming year? No, um, COBRA, you can only have COBRA, you know, for a person oh, who see. is bumped off a plan, right, right. Um, an employee's plan. I think, I think uh, there was an extension. I think normally it's only two years, but it became three years. I see. So it's yeah. a, uh, but it's it's a it's an example of just how expensive health insurance is for a 28 year old who presumably yeah. is considered in a low risk category because I don't think they're looking yeah. at her individual health no matter what it may be. Uh, for a 28 year old, nine hundred fifty dollars a month for health insurance. So yeah, all right. But thank you for telling us that story. Um, Probably a whole bunch of people are in that category, right? Your young adult turns 26. They can't be on your health insurance plan anymore under the law. And you're like, well, now what do we do? They're just getting by. How about uh, Marianne? You're on WNYC. Hi, Marianne. Oh, hi, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was telling your screener that um, I do believe it's generational. Uh, My son is 26 and still at home or up in Morningside Heights, and um, we fully support him. He's in grad school, you know, trying to get a job, actually has an interview today. I also work in real estate, and I don't foresee him moving out or having the income to support and pay for an apartment in the very near future. Marianne, thank you very much. Uh, Here's a text that says, I'm in my mid-30s, and the times my mother-in-law, my mother-in-laws have helped our family when I got into a terrible situation with a contractor, 
surprise. And then recently, my father-in-law decided to invest in both my husband and my companies because he believes so much in what we're doing and our work ethic. And that is a wonderful way to support a child, in my opinion. So that's a good one from someone in their mid-30s and parents investing in their business, not just like helping to pay the bills. How about Jay in Somerset County? You're on WNYC. Hi, Jay. Hey, Brian. So I have a, a different variation on this. This is uh, my daughter is 17 now. So when she was 13, I believe we were in the lockdown mode at that time. And we were planning, oh, we're going to move out of New Jersey. It's getting too expensive. We're going to stay here until kids are in college. And once they're done with college, we're going to move out of New Jersey. Well, my daughter, who's 17 now, she's going to graduate high school this year. She was 13 at that time. And she goes really quietly. She goes, you know, after my bachelor's degree, you know, I do want to pursue graduate school. Could I stay home and do it? Because I know that I'm never going to be able to find a home or an apartment that I can afford. So can I stay home with you guys, go to school, work and save money so that I can afford something later on in life? That blew my mind. We changed our plans. We're going to be in New Jersey for the foreseeable future to help them out because if a 13-year-old is feeling this way, forget about the 30-year-olds. You know, the teenagers are not feeling the pressure of, you know, the American dream, I guess. Right. So here's a, uh, a text that, that you might relate to, um, raising the issue of what it costs to go to school. Listener asks, does paying for their student loans count as supporting them? If my kids had to pay their student loans, we would be supporting them now. Their income is not enough to support them fully. I think that, that listener might have meant is is paying for their tuition, uh, does that count as yeah. supporting them? Because if my kids had had to pay their student loans, we would be supporting them now. So and that's, we that's a big source of generational change. Go ahead, Jay. Yes. Yeah, no, we will be paying her college fees as well. So, you know, so that she will and my son will not have that debt when they graduate with a bachelor's degree. And you so know, far, I mean, nobody, nobody calling in or writing in seems to feel badly about this as a parent, like, oh, I'm setting a bad example of dependency here, or, or do you no, at all? Not at all, not at all. I'm, I'm from India, and my, you know, my parents are with us. And you know, I feel like it's like they took care of me. I have to take care of my kids, and it's my duty to give them a good foundation. Yeah. Jay, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and here's Peter in Mount Vernon, I think, with a similar opinion on the opinion part of that. Hey, Peter. Hi, how are you? Good. What you got? Can you hear me, sir? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I think from my perspective is that I think parents have a responsibility to help their children. you know, become independent and succeed in their lives. And, uh, and I'm, a, I'm a son of an immigrant. I'm an immigrant myself. My father had five children, and he helped all of them get, get on their legs and then move on and develop their own kind of life. So I will, I will do, even though my daughter's already working, she's on her path, do whatever it takes to make sure that she gets her on her two feet. You know, because considering all these, the rents are so expensive, everything's so expensive out there, get on her two feet, and then eventually, hopefully, you know, move on and have her yeah. own life with her own, uh, you know, Peter, thank, her life. Thank you. And I know your kid thanks you. Uh, listener texts. 
Um, where'd it go? There it is. Uh, hi, Brian. I am 24, living alone in Queens. My mom has greatly subsidized my young adulthood by paying for my bachelor's degree. And there's that tuition and living during college uh, question again. And she currently pays my phone bill every month. Seems minimal enough, right? Maybe maybe this listener is just on the, the family cell phone plan, and it doesn't even cost that much. Um, another listener writes, my parents used to send money to help cover my bills when my small paychecks couldn't cover my expenses. In my mid-30s, I started feeling embarrassed to accept money and finally had to move out of New York City after 14, uh, 14 years. What a sad ending to that story, right? It required moving out of the city to be able to be financially independent. And putting some of the context uh, on it that I mentioned at the beginning of the segment, listener writes, I think it's important to point out that baby boomers and Gen Xers, those are the parents, own 80% of the wealth in the country. Combine that with the fact that we are much better at taxing income, labor, and work than we are at taxing wealth. It's no wonder that the younger generation needs help. Cass in Narrowsburg? Is that where you are? Hi, Cass. You're on WNYC. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Hi Brian. Four adult children, um, I see. Yeah. <laughs> And one granddaughter who's sitting here having some scrambled eggs with me. <laughs> um, so we we have helped, uh, like to think we've helped all of our children. Uh, one, we built a business for him, and he uh, is running it now and supporting himself largely with a little help. And the eldest son is fine. He's uh, an engineer. He's married, has children. And um, our daughter is managing fine. She's uh, 33 and a so uh, as, as we one, one, well, as we run out of time, I guess you're saying everybody okay, has a different story because two needed subsidies and two didn't, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and one we pay for entirely, like, you know, everything, rent, uh, food. And um, your granddaughter makes her radio debut. What's her name? <laughs> yeah, she's making her debut her again. Beer. All right, eat eat your eggs, dear. Eat your eggs. Eat your scrambled eggs. And Cass, thanks for your call, and thanks to everybody who called in on this segment. Interesting. And that's the Brian Lehrer Show for today, produced by Mary Croak, Lisa Allison, Amina Serna, Carl Boisrond, and Esperanza Rosenbaum. Zach Goddard-Cohen produces our Daily Politics podcast. Milton Ruiz at the audio controls. Have a great weekend, everyone, and stay tuned for Allison.